0: With another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast, it's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. Well, it's back. I'm pretty sure this time it is is it's back. The NBA is coming back. It was approved by the NBA's Board of Governors with only one dissenting vote because Portland. Actually didn't like the way it was structured, but you know, 29 to one. They're still going ahead with the season. It's going to start July 31st. Looks like it's going to be 22 teams. It's going to be eight regular season games between those 22 teams. E- each team gets eight eight regular season games. Then going into a possible playing scenario if necessary, and then a regular standard run-of-the-mill playoff format so hopefully everyone out there can get the heads up on it we'll keep filling you in as far as the particulars obviously potential matchups for the lakers and all that i know laker tom from lakerholics.net once he comes back on the show is going to point towards that so we'll keep giving you updates on that it's still kind of still being pieced together the the players union obviously still has to give their blessings and all that but Players should be coming back, I think, around the end of this month. They should be heading towards a training camp. So there's some good signs already as far as the NBA regaining its season. So much to talk about, so much to fill in. And yes, if you haven't heard already, I did a mock draft. So you know what? Who better to go ahead and talk about my mock draft than a mock draft expert himself and also talking about the NBA season? you got to check out what he's doing today, including his own mock draft. I want to go ahead and stop you right now. If you haven't heard my mock draft and you haven't heard his two mock drafts, please go ahead, check out the Lakers fast break, and also check out the NBA Draft Junkies either on YouTube or on audio format because it's now on Apple Podcasts, it's now on Spotify, it's all over the place. It is NBA Draft Junkies, and of course, he's one of our favorite guests. It is Rafael Barlow. And Raphael, first off, I want to thank you so much for speaking to me earlier in this week. If you haven't heard that podcast as well, it was very emotional and it was very, uh, I, I got a lot of good feedback on it. So I really want to thank you for taking the time for speaking to me on, you know, those issues that are currently plaguing our, our country and our, and our world at this time.
1: No problem. I thank you for the opportunity. Uh, it was funny because I got tagged maybe Five minutes after I saw that you posted, I got tagged on Facebook in a, a basketball group, and the, the headline was "Barlow for President." <laughs> so, so apparently, um, they it, it was more so as a joke because the the person that sent it to me is a Lakers fan that has subscribed to to your channel, but the feedback that I got afterwards, once they listened to it, was just that they thought it was good that both sides had a chance to talk about me and you had a chance to just talk about how we feel about what's going on. And it was authentic and they felt like everything was, was sincere and that type of dialogue is, is what is needed for both sides. So I did get some good feedback on it also.
0: That's good. That's good. And I'll vote for you if you're running.
1: (laughs) That won't, that won't happen anytime, anytime soon.
0: Okay, okay. I I don't think you need the gray hair. I, I certainly don't need. I I for you it'd be getting gray hair if you got the position. For me it'd be losing all my hair if I got the position. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. That's that's a job I'm not sure I, I want. But you know, I, oh I, I, that's you know what I think I'll just stop it right there because <laughs> it can go in so many different directions as far as politically and obviously a lot of people have had a great deal to say about that and about what's going on in the world these past uh, few days so uh, hopefully you get a chance to check that out plus my conversation with Laker Tom as well uh, where I was also sharing some sincere thoughts as well and he was uh, as someone who is also someone who understands discrimination of, of, of types and also is experienced from both sides of the, of the realm as far as uh, being a business owner and also, as well for being someone who is has been discriminated against himself. So it, it, there's some great conversations, and I hope you get a chance to listen to them, Plus, my mock draft. I hope you get a chance to listen to it as well. But my friend, the NBA is back. Amongst all this stuff, amongst all the what's going on, including our mock drafts. You know, which you know is probably one of the the most important things. Well, hopefully everybody listening out there. Anyways. At least top five. Yeah, at least top five. Maybe, for, well, yours top five. Maybe mine top twenty. Let's go for that. But I want to go ahead and talk to you about the NBA coming back. It is kind of official now. I mean, the, they're already setting dates. You've already been notified already of what the lottery uh, in August, mid August, August fifteenth, and then the draft itself uh, on August uh, in October fifteenth. I believe is that correct?
1: Yeah, or or thereabouts, thereabouts. Yeah, they. I want to say the season. The last day for the season was the 12th. Okay. And then I know that it was really short window, like three weeks or something like that between between the. I want to say between the end of the season, the draft and free agency, all was, was within like. Weeks
0: or something like that, yes, it's going to be just like boom right there. I wish they would have experimented. Like, I know Rachel from ESPN was talking about it's just flip flopping just once, just try it once with the free agency and draft, just flip flopping it. Yeah, you know, that would have been just interesting to see how that worked out. But you know what? Hey, that's fine, I'll uh, I'll, I'll take it. It's just we now have a set date on it, October 15th. The lottery actually will be held on August 25th, so I want to make that correction. And I know you and I will be scrambling in late August for (laughs) the mock drafts and all that, speaking of which. But it's just some good signs right now that the NBA is going ahead. It's funny because I hear all these other podcasts like the Hoops Collective and, and so many other podcasts talking about how it's going to be structured and how it's going to be laid out. With eight regular season games that you know being played amongst the teams, and I don't know, it's kind of difficult to say how they're going to go ahead and have all these take place over a course of a period of time. But obviously they've laid it out. I still wish they would have done it in Vegas. I still think they could have knocked it down quicker in mm-hmm. Vegas. But I understand, and and for effective terms, I know this is a term that they don't want to use. But if for effectively for this podcast, can we call it a bubble? which is the main reason I'm I'm assuming that for safety reasons why they want to go ahead. And essentially they don't want to call it a bubble, but it is a bubble, which is the reason why they probably, they are holding it in Orlando.
1: Yeah, man, you brought up a lot of points that I never thought of on the last podcast. And then I think that it probably is a lot easier to keep them isolated because I've been to, disney wants and even though it's in orlando it's not really in orlando but well, yeah. i think obviously vegas is just too accessible to everything so. it's
0: got orlando there Kissimmee there and then this whole big section that is mm-hmm. the disney world area and you drive off into different sections it's almost like different off-ramps you take different op- off-ramps because they're so separated Between all the various aspects of Disney World and the different parks and also ESPN Wide World of Sports. So I can understand why it was chosen above Las Vegas. But I really could have think that they could have done something similar if given the opportunity that would have knocked out more games more fast. But I'm dwelling on Vegas. Let's just go ahead and, and just chalk it up as a loss for Vegas. Got Orlando. It's going to be a set deal. Are you satisfied with the the 22 team format? Because I'm not exactly thrilled by it.
1: Well, it's it's kind of like I'm glad the NBA is back first and foremost. That's true. true. Something is is a lot better than nothing. I like I mentioned in the last podcast. I would have liked to see all 30 teams. I just think it's weird that. There are eight teams that are just going to be left at home. But I understand why it makes sense to um, teams that have no chance of competing for a playoff spot to to be at home. But it's just weird, like, seeing that even though the regular season hasn't officially ended, I saw a video of Trey Young playing in, like, a Pro-Am game in Oklahoma City. It's just something that we, we've never seen before. But as far as the format, the eight and nine seeds that – that situation is a little confusing to me about the the, the play-in yeah, for that. that um, but it, it's different, I think, if there's a, a chance to do something different, then this is the, the chance to do it. I still haven't – I mean, I read a little bit about it, but I, I still don't understand why the Blazers chose not to or chose to vote against it. I heard they – if I'm not mistaken, they thought there was another format that was better for them. So I haven't really done a, a deep, deep dive into which format would have been a better situation for the Blazers. But for the most part, I'm just happy that that we should have basketball back, even though I'm a little concerned, just a little concerned because of the situation that happened with the Alabama football players. Did you get a chance to see there's like five football players that tested positive? And I, I kind of feel like how that goes may have an impact on what happens with the nba you know god forbid that it spreads out to more than five and then i think that may have an impact Well
0: uh, you're right and there was a situation at the beginning of the coronavirus issues for the nba when several teams were affected by it including the Mm -hmm. lakers where it was four or five individuals on the lakers team uh, had tested positive for the virus they never Mm -hmm. mentioned who but they, they indicated that several members, because they had come in contact and had played Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz within that time frame. And they talked about uh, there, was a, there was a few others that were adversely affected on other teams as well. So, yeah, it, this could be a situation where you're right. It could be like the Alabama football team where it does, within a confined space, affect so many people if it gets out there and that's what's the one thing you always worry about with this virus is if it gets into that you know small of a space with that many people just the kind of damage it can do
1: yeah and the thing is you can't determine who had it first or where you got it from so someone could have gave it to rudy and he was just the first name that came out and we assumed that he was the first player that had it and it spread it from him. So that's the part that you just, you know, you don't, you don't know. And then the questions I have about the bubble are if they're allowing family to come. I think the up family. to three
0: members. So are they
1: supposed to be in this? I mean, I know they're supposed to be in the bubble, but how, you know, is there any restrictions to what they can or can't do? So like if I'm a family member, and I'm in the bubble, but what if I leave to go to Miami? Disney World or Disney World. <laughs> yeah, for 4th <Fourth> of July. <laughs> yeah. And I come back. So that's one question that I, that I have about the bubble. And I, I, mean, I understand that players are going to want their families around or, or friends. Or you know, I wonder how they determine if someone is family. Because if it's someone's trainer... Yeah. Did you say the trainer can't come, but the brother can? I don't know how that's going to play off.
0: Well, this but... is going to be after the first round of playoffs. So the regular season will not be impacted by that. But after the first round of playoffs, up to three members at a time for family can come. So Okay. And, a six, and I think they're limiting, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, 1,600 people in this Orlando bubble. And I think you should just call it a bubble because that's what they're yep. going to call I know, I know at first there was this apprehension to call it a bubble, but it is a bubble for all intents and purposes. I think they're trying to limit it to, to around 1,600 people uh, at any given time is what he's, uh, his direct tweet was saying.
1: Interesting times. Yeah, and like I said, how do you determine can you leave, the? can you come in and out of the quote-unquote bubble? I don't know how, how that's going to work. I do think that um, because hotels don't have a lot of entrances, it will be pretty obvious to to the league or to whoever, to whoever, which players left the bubble. So, I mean, I feel like the superstars, I was telling a friend, the superstars are kind of used to living in the bubble. Like LeBron James just can't go out anyway on his own because he's going to be mobbed by fans. So he's used to like, not being able to have the freedom to just move as he pleases because of his popularity, while, you know, some players that may not be as popular are used to being able to, to go out, grab something to eat, and, and just kind of move around freely. But That's
0: why he was I, riding a bike this past weekend, so he could ride by everybody.
1: But even then, when he rides, he still has so many people with him. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. <laughs> I mean, the chances of seeing LeBron just going out by himself to go grab a burger is like slim to none. Yeah,
0: yeah. Was, so, yeah, like, that's... The... He had AD with him, and then JR Smith, and uh, wh- I was told by Laker Tom, Rich Paul was there in that group as well. Yeah, Wayne, I saw back, it going, then... Um... Catch up! Hey, wait about me!
1: <laughs> and then I think... I forgot the guy's name. Ernie? Is that his name? One of the guys that's part of the... What was the original group? The Four Horsemen or whatever. can't think of his name right now. But he's always with LeBron. I saw him in the photo also. Mm-hmm.
0: That's It's so funny, just... Always leading the pack. LeBron was always leading the pack. <laughs> J.R. Smith. What a weekend he had. But we will go there. <laughs> that's another, that's another thing you, that oh, – Did you ahead. know
1: I think May 31st is officially J.R. Smith Day in the sports world?
0: <laughs> uh, it must be. It must because be. Because
1: they're saying it's the same exact day he had the game where he um, didn't shoot the ball. At, at oh, the yeah. At the, and the and clock – yeah, the same yeah. exact day. So I saw the, the post on social media saying May 31st is officially J.R. Smith Day. That's funny.
0: <laughs> Poor J.R. Smith. He just can't <laughs> not catch a break. But I, I want to uh, see
1: him back in the league, though. I, I do want to see him play again.
0: Well, maybe he will be picked up if they expand rosters, and that's something I think they probably have to finalize as far as the rosters are concerned. Whether or not he would be a fit for anywhere at his age, at a 34, 35, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe he can give you one good playoff run and as far as 10 to 15 minutes a game during that t- time period. Maybe he can. Uh, I don't know how well he uh, auditioned for the Lakers. Obviously, he auditioned so well that they went ahead and got Deion Waiters and said. So I, I don't know at what point J.R. Smith, if he's still good, plus. Would the optics of what happened on Jr. Smith Day, as we will now call it, uh, as I was talking about with Laker Tom, the optics of what happened then? If Adam Silver would be pulled, but he isn't—he wasn't charged with anything. It was his property, and I'll tell you what—you know—if he gets back in the league, that would be great, as long as you're not having him there making the decision with just a few seconds left. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I, the good thing for him in that situation is that, at least to our knowledge, he explained what happened as opposed to just the video coming out and we just saw like it looked like he was in fighting a, a protest or something like that. So him explaining what happened from his point of view, I think, helps the optics a little bit.
0: But if you ever want to see the LeBron look of death, roll that tape. <laughs> We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another
1: Netflix kind of paradigm shift where... promoted and this is a
0: thing where audiences do not agree with critics that's the pop culture cosmos show and the pcc multiverse every week on apple podcasts and over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options but i (laughs) want to talk to you about the actual teams itself i mean it is 22 teams it's basically eight games like i said eight regular season games and you have to be within i guess six games which is why Washington and Phoenix were added into the mix as far as that's concerned. And if let's say Washington, because I don't think Phoenix either six games back and they would have to hop over four teams, I think to get into the playoffs. And and so let's just say for all intents and purposes that they're not going to do it. But for Washington's sake, they're about five and a half games back and with eight to play. And let's say they get to a point where they were there within two games. And this goes for whether it's Portland, whether it's uh, Sacramento, New Orleans, or if anybody's within two games of, of the eighth place slot, then I guess they go to a two game playoff. Even if they finish with the eight game regular season series, they go to a two game playoff. And if you're that team trying to win in, you basically have to win not one but two games against whoever is in eighth place, I think, in order to go ahead and actually get it to the playoffs. So it could be a scenario where you're seeing as many as ten games for a mm-hmm. team before you go ahead and actually get it to the playoffs.
1: I mean, it would be exciting if it gets to that point. That would you know, be if you a, end up with a I don't know, I mean, Blazers grizzly semi playoff or pelicans grizzlies or pelicans blazers i think that would be exciting for the nba just because you have if the eighth seat wins it's over but if the ninth seat wins then is it two games it's two games
0: if the ninth seed wins whoever's ninth okay is within two games i believe or one and a half games you know if they're within it within two games basically they would have to win, and then they would have to win again to get in the playoffs okay. against the eighth and against the eighth seed. So we're going to assume, let's say, Memphis Grizzlies. Let's say, let's just assume that Dallas is not going to fall off a cliff, and that's just going to be the Memphis Grizzlies in eighth. Memphis Grizzlies, if they don't, you know, if they they're not even five hundred, if they're like let's say two and six, and Portland is six and two. They go six and two, so they make up that three and a half, four four game lead. Then they're in. But what will happen is Memphis now becomes the ninth seed, and they will go ahead and play in a two game playoff. Yeah, it's just it the kind of uh, logistics on it is it's kind of weird. I mean, we'll have to see it take place. But basically, if the eighth and ninth seed are within two games of each other, there will most likely be a two game playoff. But that ninth seed just has to keep winning. In essence, that ninth seed just has to keep winning.
1: I'm just really curious to see how this works out. But what I do like about it is, it's almost like every game is a playoff game, regardless. Yeah. But well, for, for most, for, I, yeah. mean,
0: I mean, there's going to be some teams, like for instance, we talked about Phoenix and we talked about Washington. If they start, if they lose their first two games. They're going, you know, you will not see Bradley Beal on the floor. Yeah. Bradley Beal might already have checked out of Coronado Springs before the season ends. You right. know, same thing with Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. You know, the same thing could go for if, if it goes south for Portland, San Antonio, mm-hmm. Sacramento, New Orleans. If any of those teams, and one of those or two of those teams at least, will have to probably – go on a losing streak and maybe one or two of those teams have to will probably go on a winning streak it's not going to go all right for all of those teams
1: right but just the fact that you're coming off a long layoff straight into playoff mode yeah that's that's going to be very interesting to see if if like you said maybe if a washington or phoenix they may say we don't we just want to get through this Injury free because the regular season is going to seem like it's it's starting up within a few months anyway after this is all over. So some teams may not be looking to really fight for the playoffs. They may be checked out, like you said.
0: And that will be interesting to see if they are, especially from the standpoint of Washington and Phoenix, which will probably have a lot of people saying, hey, why were they there in the first place? Well, the reason why they were there in the first place is – you know, it's well over three hundred million dollars that the the NBA and the players get back by playing these additional eight games. The twenty two teams, the eight games, the amount of money that they get back because they don't lose it because they wouldn't have to pay it to the local TV stations. That's what's there. That's what's involved, and that's why there is such a great interest in playing these regular season games.
1: Right. So that's why I'm, I wondered, if for Washington. I guess the way to determine if they plan to compete or not is is what they do with John Wall. Yeah. If he plays, then, then all signs point towards that they're going to try to make a push. If they decide not to play him, then they'll probably just say, in, in my opinion, that means we're looking long-term for the future. We know he hasn't played in a calendar year. There's no need for us to try to throw him out there and – basically playoff mode right away so we'll just play these games make sure the league gets their money and we'll start planning for next year
0: and that also bodes well if kevin durant comes back i don't know if i read
1: that he's not i just read that today he's not okay
0: well we'll see what happens my friend it's going to be very interesting how this is going to be playing out and i know you and i will be talking more about it in the weeks to come as far as this very different proposal than what anybody was thinking about it wasn't the group play It wasn't the one versus 16 it wasn't any of the parameters that we saw was coming which we should have expected because when we seem to all think one way adam silver quite often thinks the other
1: i personally would have liked to see the one through 16 now that now that you you mentioned if there were one change that i would have liked. I would have liked to see one through sixteen, just I, even if it's. Yeah. I mean, I think it. You know, we've heard the rumors that that's something that they may want to look into in the future. But this would have been the year to actually try it.
0: I agree with you on that. If you if you really want to see if it sticks, let's go ahead and give it a try now. I mean, no one's going to have the home court advantage, not mm-hmm. even Orlando. Uh, you know, yeah. and it's just something that I think you should have tried. All these little things that you you it was talked about. Like I was talking about earlier about free agency in the draft, flipping that. All these, you know, the 1-16. The through 16. I'm not in love with the group play format as done, as you see overseas and in the soccer realm. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that's probably better for that or when it comes to the Olympics. I, I can get that. I'm not sure if you really would have been able to institute it now effectively. Kind of not exactly in love with that concept. Doing that and throwing that for the last part of the season. If you would have set it up sooner, maybe I would have been more receptive of it. But or if it would have been the plan all along. But there are different scenarios you can try now. The one to sixteen. Try that now. Try these things now in such a crazy season. What do you got to lose?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the one through sixteen would have been good, but I could have. I don't know if it would have got a 29 to 1 vote if they did 1 through 16 this year.
0: No, I don't think it would have.
1: Yes, yeah, so I think they probably just wanted to make find the easiest one to get it passed and just kind of get things moving.
0: I hear you, my friend. And I'm glad that it is moving, and I'm mm-hmm. glad it's moving in the right direction. And after all the quarantine's done, because there's still quarantine laws in place in Florida – and you get people from overseas, you get people in from Canada, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we will have training camps come along right around either the end of the month for some and for others it's going to be right around the beginning of the month. But most of these players should have around, what, 24 to 28 days worth of training camp before they go ahead into the rest of the season on the 31st?
1: Yeah, and I want to know how many players overseas are – are they back in the States? Or are they still over there? I know today I saw, uh, of course, that was Porzingis post the Instagram video. And he was shooting. And I, you know, I've been in, in enough gyms across the world to know that the gym that he was in was definitely in Europe. So he looks like he's still over there. I noticed that on his, like, IG stories, when he was posting throughout this, he would always post a video. But you can never see where he's at. He was always in the car. It was always like a really tight, close shot. So I, I believe that he is – I don't know exactly where he's at because I think he lives in Madrid when he's actually over in Europe during the summer. I don't think he lives at home in Latvia. But I think he's over there. Then I did read that Luka Doncic, he flew privately to Slovenia. And so, But, yeah, a lot of the, the international players, when they're posting their IG stories on social media, it seems like they've been pretty creative in hiding where they're at. So but we'll we'll see like how that all works out because I think if you come back to the States you still may have to do a quarantine, right? So I don't think Yeah. So if he's going to play then I imagine that he would need to get back soon, get his fifteen days out the way by at least you know, that would give him to at least maybe June twentieth or You know, a few days before training camp is supposed to start, and then are they, are some teams going to do their training camp in their home city? Because I read the Spurs haven't even opened their gym yet.
0: Yeah, and I heard that that's the well. They're going to start working out uh, at a certain point at their own practice facility. And you're right, San Antonio has not even opened theirs yet, which is of great concern, I'm sure, for the league. And then they would go ahead and fly to Orlando for, what, a two-, three-week period of time just to make sure they're – because Florida has its own quarantine issues. And mm-hmm. you got to go ahead with a 14-day quarantine. So you at least have to spend 14 days in quarantine, i.e., probably a practice or training camp session, before you're even able to go ahead um, to the court for regular season. So, yeah – we're going to have to see at least a little bit of period of time how this goes. But I think you're right. They are first going to get together and start working out together at their own practice facilities before they head to Orlando. Because once you're in Orlando, you're going to be staying in Orlando.
1: I did. Or I know Florida had um, restrictions about flights from New York. I want yep. to say New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. So, I mean, That's of course, right. I know that professional athletes there they're going to make a a way for just like the Canadian borders, whatever restrictions are there will be loosened up for, for the teams.
0: Uh, Homeland security has confirmed that they would for the Canadian athletes and whatnot. So yeah, they have confirmed that they would grant that access. I think even if Florida puts up a little bit of a difficulty as far as the governor and whatnot, the New Jersey, the New York, I mean, you would just have them go a little bit earlier than all the rest of the teams.
1: Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. But then I wonder how does that work for their family?
0: Well, they're they're not going to be able to see them until once they once they leave towards Orlando, they would have to go ahead and to the first round of the playoffs. So you're talking uh, what f- f- August before you really start the playoffs, right? If I'm not mistaken,
1: you think it would take a month to. Or well three the players to finish eight games?
0: Well, if that's the case, you're right, probably about what twelve to sixteen yeah uh, twelve to sixteen days because if they don't if they do a lot of back to back. So if that's the case, you could probably see it around maybe the the fifteenth to 20th.
1: I, I talked to a friend of mine that's playing in China, and their season is supposed to start on June 20th. He told me they have nine games and fifteen days mm. to finish their regular season. Darker. And I think they're gonna do it over two cities, he, he mentioned. So I don't know if there'll be travel within those cities or just the two the two different they'll just have two cities and those teams stay within those two cities. I'm not for sure how that how it's gonna work out, but he didn't seem too excited about the plan nine games in fifteen days.
0: I wouldn't. Uh, I think he'll probably be pretty tired after that. But yeah, it looks like it's going to be like around the sixteenth. The uh, looking like it, I'm, it's going to be a a short period of time. I, I agree with you. It's going to be probably right within play eight games. You're probably going to play eight games within a 12 to 15 day span. So you're probably looking at close, right around the what, 17th to 20th. But you also got to remember the two if there's playing games. So I'm probably going to mm-hmm. say it's right around the 20th of August that they're going to go ahead and start playing.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Even, it just seems like it's so far away. I mean, we're still first week of June, but I'm glad that they gave them the players at least 60 days between the time that the gyms opened up to them playing their first game. So that's helpful. I'm glad they didn't rush them. But I, I, I'm also kind of worried about next season because it looks like the 2021 season is going to start in December. Mm-hmm which means that it's, it's just like a month off of the regular schedule. Yeah, because this league starts usually on, on October 31st, so it's like they're just a month off. It's um, the team that goes deep in the playoffs are going to have a very short turnaround.
0: Yeah, that's, and that's an issue I know that's going to be rearing its ugly head, what, come November when these teams have to start thinking about going back into uh, training camp for next season. So whoever it is that reaches the finals, those two teams are really going to be tired because they're going to have really that small of a turnaround coming from what the finals will be and then when the next season starts, coming up very shortly after that. In fact, they're talking about as early as December 1st. I think they yeah. should push it back to Christmas. I think that, that Christmas would be the great, uh, best that, that To me, that's the best starting date that they could have in the month of December.
1: Well, they don't want to interfere with the Olympics because the Olympics got pushed back to... Okay. So I think the you know, the Olympics are next year, 2021. I'm sorry, 2021. And so, I mean, I, I guess they still will want a training camp for the Olympics. And then you have a lot of international players. In my opinion, I don't think the league wants to make Giannis decide between... The Greek national team and the Bucks, because you know a lot of international players are probably going to be more loyal to their country than maybe their teams, and that would be a that would be a big issue if if the the playoffs or the finals was around the same time as the Olympics were supposed to start, and you had someone like Giannis or, or Nikola Jokic decide that I'm going to go play for my country. Uh,
0: then you get into some contract situations there and some monetary issues there that I think that, yeah, you're right. It just gets into an ugly situation either which way. Yeah. So, so I guess you have to probably push it up. But yeah, personally, I would have liked to have started back just because it's it's when a lot of eyes are on or starting to get on the NBA is Christmas. Because that's, that is really the day that they, they – revel in in a lot of NBA games and, and a lot of people watch. But, yeah, I can understand why that they want to start it sooner than that. But it is tentatively right now next season starting on December 1st and descend, and tentatively right around August the 20th, uh, it looks like. There seems to be no definitive date that's that's out there that I can see for the exact date the playoffs would start. So I'm assuming that's because they're throwing in a possibility of a, you know, not one, but, possibly even a two play on play in game scenario where it could be up to two games in both the eastern and western conference if washington makes a big time comeback on their side and then whoever it is would be on the western side so we'll have to wait and see how it pans out but we'll keep giving you updates right here at the lakers fast break we'll be back with more of the lakers fast break podcast Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. All right, my friend. I'm not going to avoid it anymore. I recently did a mock draft. I recently dipped my toes into the water of the NBA mock draft scene. Something that Raphael, if you haven't checked out already, you need to go ahead and check out. It's Raphael Barlow's NBA Draft Junkies Mock Drafts. He's got two separate videos, two separate podcasts for both the lottery selections and also finishing out the first round. So if you can, go and check those out if you haven't already. And you can also check out my full by myself mock draft episode that I'm also going to throw up here, that I also threw up here. So I want to ask you, you've, you've checked my list. You've, you've read it on the popculturecosmos.com page that I put it up the other day. And you've read it and you've checked it out. And uh, I've actually checked out a lot of what you've uh, you know reported on and, and what you've talked about with your mock drafts. So you've seen both our mock drafts now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm avoiding it no more. What do you think?
1: Well, I think that um – you should uh, definitely give yourself a lot more credit because you're a draft junkie. (laughs) Anyone that takes the time to watch film and put together a mock draft of 30 players, in my opinion, is someone that is a a draft junkie. Someone that, I mean, it's not easy, you know? So one, I I think you should give yourself a lot more credit and your mock draft was, was really good. And at this point, it's all, you know, everybody's opinion. So nobody's really right or wrong. I noticed that we had a few players that we, um, you know, we had different opinions on, which is cool. But that's what makes this whole mock draft and that makes this conversation so interesting and so fun to have simply because everyone has a different opinion on players, especially this draft. I don't think anybody can be wrong because – One mock draft may have a guy number one, and I could easily see that guy being as low as eight on that draft, on another person's draft score. And then, in my opinion, between picks maybe 12 through 30, you can almost say they're interchangeable.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. I've been watching film and footage even before I reached out to you a couple months back. I mean, I've been looking at film now for – going on four months not as much as you my friend but we're still talking about I don't know I'd probably say 60 hours uh, 50 60 hours of my time over the past few months looking at it so I've tried to put my heart into it I tried to make it you know as serious as I could try to put my uh, points and conjectures in it Uh, to give you an idea I had up until three days ago before I, I put this out I had LaMelo Ball as my number one choice but uh, I'm just seeing back again I checked I, I and I would look at another hour and another hour of James Wiseman and I looked at another hour and another hour of LaMelo Ball and I, I just seeing the fit right now for whoever's at top and right now it would be Golden State I have to go ahead and say it's James Wiseman but it's that close for me, man. And I've told you before, I thought LaMelo Ball was going to be the number one pick uh, for Golden yeah. State. I thought he was a good fit enough, being able to, to go ahead and take the pressure off of Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and just go ahead, to, you go ahead and shoot, 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 I'll pass to you. But in the long run, seeing that hole that could be filled by such a talented center, in the end, was too good to pass up. But it's not, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not firm. It's on shaky ground, my friend. It's on shaky
1: ground. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I even think with Golden State, with the number one pick, if there's a team that is really, really interested in LaMelo or whoever, Golden State has the luxury of making a trade and still getting a lottery pick. So you could even, well, this is my opinion. I think the player that fits Golden State's system the best right now is Tyrese Halliburton, because he can fill the Sean Livingston role off the bench early, but he's a a much better long-range shooter than Sean Livingston. He gives them another ball handler. He gives them a a very good passer, which, you know, they, at one point, I I don't know if the last year they won a championship, but I know Golden State's offense was predicated off ball movement and shooting, and I think Melo likes to dominate the ball a little bit too much for their system and he's, he's always had the ball in his hands. While Halliburton, in my opinion, can play with the ball, can play off the ball, he has, I think he's a better defender than Melo right now. And so I think like if I'm Golden State, I may take advantage of a team that wants Melo. Say, well, hey, well, give me one of your young players, and we'll exchange your young players, and we'll swap picks, and then they can get someone who fits their system the best short term.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, it, that was really hard for me. It's 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 that number one, because you're right. This is a draft where there is not a definitive number one, and there's not a definitive player that fits anywhere on this draft. This was probably the hardest one, because I've done mock drafts before and, and drawn mm-hmm. it up, and this one really was hard to put the pieces that fit best for these teams, because all these players have severe gaps in their game at one area or another. And it just was really hard for me. I know it must have been even harder for you because you do this so much better than I do. And, you you know, you're looking at it, and it was just really hard for a lot of these pieces to fit.
1: Yeah, early in the draft, yeah, it was tough because and we had mentioned in a past episode, for the most part, every team has a point guard. Either they have a young point guard that is their franchise player or someone on a max contract or, or they just drafted one. It just seems like every team has one of the the three, but I, I felt like if there were a couple of picks that I thought were easy to select or make picks for, it would be Detroit at five, which a point guard or a center. So I think if, one of the point guards is going to be available, whether it's Killian Hayes or LaMelo or Halliburton. I think that would be easy for them. If not, then they could probably look at Okongwu. And I think for Charlotte, if is available, you take him right away. But if he's not available, then I don't know like what pick fits Charlotte. It's almost like you have to hope that either him or Wiseman are available.
0: And that's the thing, we're just not sure exactly how this is going to lay out because there are no definitive, okay, this person's definitely going to go here, this person's Mm -hmm. definitely going to go there, this person's definitely going to go there. And it even gets, well, like all drafts, it even gets more vague at the the end of it. I mean, at the end, it was really hard to match these players with a team that's a good fit for them and vice versa because these players – Would not be I'm going to be am I I, forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but my assessment this year is that a lot of these players at the end of the first round would be at the end of or middle to the end of second round in in almost any other draft that that would be occurring.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned somebody that you may have at 15 could easily be 30 on someone else's board. So I had a chance to look at yours And I don't know if I'm uh, spilling the beans here, but Tyrese Maxey was your guy in in your mock draft that your opinion on on Maxey, which I mean, people's opinion on him is all over the place. But
0: mine was pretty low. Uh, Yeah.
1: So it's I mean, it's really tough because he's a lottery pick in quite a few drafts. But in your opinion, you didn't have him near the lottery. So I think the gap between really 10 through 20 or maybe even 10 through 30 or 12 through 30, I mean, you can even say 12 through like 33 is very narrow. Because on my my mock draft, I had Theo Maladon. I I had him out of the first round, which in some cases I've seen him mid-lottery. And that's a fifteen. That's a fifteen spot difference.
0: You know, on one of them, I found him number three, and I and I was going, really? I found him number three overall. Yeah, I'm,
1: yeah, I'm sure that was a French based mock um... draft. <laughs> oh wow! I was going to say if, if they had Killian Hayes number one and him number three or Hayes two or three, then say, that that mock may have came out of Paris.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but he was he was really high up, and I was just surprised by. But it was kind of dated, so I will I will give them credit on that. So he was obviously much. It's interesting because you look at what's the updated drafts and the ones that are not as updated, and it's funny how the perception of certain players are then, as they are now. In some cases, it's really drastic.
1: Yep, and it made me think about. What I would like to do for my site going forward is, you know, like with most sites, once they update their mock draft, you can't find the other one. So I was thinking maybe I should do a, have a page where I said, this is my mock draft on November 1st. This is my mock draft on December 1st. And go all the way down and just to see how much everything changes. Because I know when they had like the, you know, every year they do the way too early mock drafts, and it's like from 15 months away. Mannion, Isaiah Stewart were all lottery picks.
0: McDaniels.
1: McDaniels. Well, even though I have him as a lottery pick in, in my draft, but he was definitely someone that was, you always saw in the top eight. Yeah. Um, I think Josh Green was a projected preseason lottery pick. Even Khalil Whitney from Kentucky, he was projected to be a first-round pick on almost every mock draft, and he didn't play much at Kentucky, and he ended up transferring. Okongwu was not on anybody's lottery at this time last year.
0: No, and And I think I was just gonna say because a lot of what I see is based off of rivals, because rivals mm -hmm. you can correlate what rivals had these kids coming out of high school. And you can correlate that with their draft position. And you can't do that by the time right now. If you're doing a draft right now or a mock draft right now, it's not anywhere near what Rivals once had a lot of these players.
1: Yeah, and um, I've I've always heard that sometimes the, the um, rankings for like the ESPN, the Rivals, or the 24-7, I've heard sometimes those are sneaker sponsor-related. You know if, if and like I said I can't confirm it but I've always heard that ESPN was in bed with Nike so a Nike guy is going to have a higher rating than an Adidas guy unless it's like a no brainer and then you know I've always heard that that's the reason why like LaMelo wasn't on anybody's list coming up because he wasn't really affiliated with any of the sneaker brands or you just never know what, what, what goes on but again those are supposed to be the experts as far as ranking high school players. And if they're way off within a year, it's, we're all are. So, I mean, like when you say what you're, what you mock draft and you say, Oh, don't laugh at it. I mean, the people that are the experts are totally wrong on a lot of guys. So you're a lot closer to being an expert than you think.
0: Well, Chad Ford says it best. I mean, He is what, I don't want to say the guru, but he is someone I think both you and I have a ton of respect for Mm -hmm. uh, as far as in this industry. I'm so glad he's back doing it again. Uh, If you get a chance to check out his podcast, um, he also spoke out upon what the social issues that were going on. Very, uh, very emotional. He did for him as well. But, yeah, if you check out his podcast or you check out what he's doing today, you know, he, it's glad to have him back in. But even he will admit on his shows, if you listen to him, all the times that he fell in love with the player and got it way wrong. I think Darko, it starts with Darko. I think that's the, probably the one that a lot of people got way wrong. And, and it, it goes from there.
1: Yeah, because you can never determine how a guy is going to perform once he gets paid because I think talent-wise most the the guys who make it and the guys who don't make it I don't always think talent is the issue I'm actually reading a book now I think it's called From Boys to Men I don't know why the the title slips slips my mind but it's talking about the high school to pros, that whole era and it it starts from Bill Willoughby to Moses Malone to um, Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant and It seems like what separated Kobe and Garnett was was definitely their talent, but they, no matter how much money they made when they were 18 or 19 years old, they were still motivated. They still like, you know, they had like this extra gear. It's almost like they're kind of insane in a sense, you know, like they were talking about Garnett would be yelling at himself, talking in third person. And then we've all heard the stories about Kobe's confidence. But those two guys are the Hall of Famers out of the group. I mean, Tracy McGrady is probably likely to be a Hall of Famer also. They haven't got to the part of the book with LeBron, but then there's the guys who once they got paid, they felt like they made it. And they, that hunger was, you know, just wasn't there anymore. And so I think even with outside of the high school players, just with any mock draft, I always say that talent is not always the reason why a person makes it or doesn't make it. It's just hard to judge how an 18- or 19-year-old kid is going to respond when they have millions of dollars in their bank account.
0: And that's something I, I looked at, and that's way too heavy on my decisions on, on some of the latter picks in the first round. Just for me, it just was something that it weighed heavy. Players who did not perform up to their expectations in their only year of college or their only year overseas, let's say, they don't get a, they don't get a pass with me right away. They have to earn it with me. And if you had a disappointing scene, let's take the, the players from Washington, Isaiah Stewart and, and Jaden McDaniels. You cannot tell me that they uh, you know, that you cannot tell me that they didn't underperform in their time at Washington because, uh, A, the team with, with that kind of talent. Two players in the top ten, and not only was the team horrible, but their performances were very understated, and I think their draft stock has suffered from it. And there are several other players that I see on the back half of my mock draft that just basically didn't have the drive that they should have had. Now, I'm not going to say that they're not going to get it at an NBA level because, like you said, it could be a situation where they wake up and realize, you know what? I've got all this talent. I need to go ahead and utilize it. But the odds are saying for me right now as of draft time that I want to put them lower on the list because I have seen firsthand that they are not utilizing all their God-given gifts.
1: See, even with, like, the Washington guys, I look at Isaiah Stewart. I can't say that he underperformed because if you look at his numbers, he averaged about 17, nine rebounds, two blocks. I just think like visually the optics of his game. That's what I mean. Not fit to the NBA, but I think everyone knew this going into this season. We knew that he was a bruiser. We knew that he was not going to be a guy that's going to stretch the floor. I think, but he was so dominant in high school that it was easily to say, well, he's probably going to be one of the top 10, 15 best players in the country. And his, his skill set just didn't necessarily translate to today's NBA.
0: Plus, he didn't grow taller, I think, because he stayed around 6'9". If he'd mm-hmm. gotten to 6'11", 7 foot, I think it's a different story there. Because you can have a bruiser that big and it's advantageous for you. But if it's around that... What the small ball five that you want to play out there? You got to have someone that's being able to not only help you on offense, but be able to go ahead and switch and and be that player on defense that poses a threat, or else you're going to get played right off the floor.
1: And see, for me, like I, I never like between six nine and six eleven, it doesn't make. A big difference, in my opinion, on the players because I, I, the way I look at it is, you play defense with your arms and your hands. And so, if a guy is six eleven, but his wingspan is six eleven, it's one thing. If a guy is six nine and his wingspan is seven three, then to me, the six nine doesn't really make much much of a difference.
0: But then there's also with with Washington, and we're going back to Washington now. But for me, I saw their defensive schemes. As, as not utilizing the best talents of either player. And that was that to me, I think, was something that I noticed as well. It, it You know, I, I noticed a lot of times where they were getting beat off the dribble. But then again, I saw this a lot of, you know, the players on the back half of the first round have more to work on, more areas of improvement where, as you would describe on your videos, more areas of improvement to work on, I feel, than the players on the upper half. But even the players on the upper half have more gaps in their game than I would regularly see out of another draft per se.
1: And see, I actually saw it was the opposite in a sense, because I felt like the, a lot of the guys in the lower half of the first round are going to be specialists. So you already know, like Vernon carries probably not going to be a plus defender. So you're drafting him based off of the special role that he's going to play. Like I like Tyrell Terry. You already know that he's small. He's, he's I mean, as far as he's small, as far as just like strength wise. And you already he may know fit that. In the
0: league like a J.J. Berea.
1: Yeah. So you already kind of know that. But I feel like the guys that are higher in the draft uh, that are projected lottery picks. They have more areas to improve simply because you're expecting more from them. And if they don't improve those areas it could be the difference between your job and getting a contract extension so you know like if you draft wiseman number one and the questions about his motor never improve, that's going to hurt you long term while a guy like if you know somebody like that we have lower in the draft doesn't improve on their weakness i don't think it's really going to have much of an impact on your on your job because i feel like right now the way the nba is a lot of the players that teams are going to take in the second half of the first round are just specialists, or they are already, you know, they're just going to be role players that are supposed to complement the stars. But that's just my opinion. My opinion, on it. And, and even for me, like when I start to do videos of guys in the later round of the draft, the videos become a little bit easier because you can kind of already know, like this guy is in this particular box, like this is what he's going to do.
0: And that's actually very sound, and, and uh, I can see as I'm doing it on the back end, you're exactly right with some of the cases. Like you said, with Tyrell Terry and the Lakers, you know exactly what you're going to get, and you know exactly what he can and cannot do, but you know exactly, or you have at least a good idea anyways, what role he would be going to fit. And that's uh, if you select him there, you know exactly what he's going to be capable of as an that- NBA player. You're, you're, you're definitely right on that. Hi, this is Mr. Holiday from the podcast, My Worst Holiday, and you're listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, listener,
1: Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy (laughs) happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results, If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed voice from the underground. Ah, But
0: I'm glad you didn't uh, laugh too hard at my NBA mock draft. I'm I'm glad you went ahead and and took the time to read it. And if you want to get a chance to read it, it's at popculturecosmos.com or also as well. You know what? You just check it out on the previous episode of the Lakers fast break. And of course you got to check out Raphael's work at NBA draft junkies. So before we talk about one last thing with Oklahoma state, because I think we've just got to touch on that for just a couple minutes. I want you to give everybody an update on what's going on with NBA Draft Junkies.
1: Well, yeah, I just released my second half of the um, first round mock. I broke it up into two videos. I had the, the mock lottery, and then I had picks 50 through 30. Um, I put that up on June 4th, so it's, it's already up on, on YouTube. Feel free to comment and, and tell your opinions. I've had some people, especially Knicks fans, Knicks fans hate my picks but I, I just enjoyed the dialogue I'm updating the website I know I mentioned that a few times on past um, past episodes but I'm updating the website and I'm actually gonna have the whole first round of, for my mocks up where you if you don't have time to spend you know 30 40 minutes watching the actual videos on YouTube you can get go on the website and you can see my, my first 30 picks. I think and I probably will do a second round a second round mock draft which is going to be tough and it's going to be challenging as you know we did ours on but that was with three people three or four people so it's going to be even more challenging doing it with one person but that's the challenge that i'm up to it's going to be fun to um to do the second round well I, i say this part of me feels like it's it's going to be challenging but it may be easier because I probably won't necessarily base it off of fit. You're just going off of how you rank the players. And I think in the second round, it's just best player available. Yeah. So that may make it easier. I haven't done a, a two-round mock draft before. So I'm really putting myself out there by doing it and putting it out for the world to see on video and on um, and on my website. So that's something I, I'll probably do within the next Ten days, but i'm I'm looking forward to it because, like I said, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge because the way I see it now, even when I did my mock, there was three or four guys that I left out in the first round who could easily be selected in the teens. so we'll we'll see how it goes.
0: We'll see how it goes. The second round actually worked out better for me when we did it. I noticed a lot less snickering uh, when <laughs> on camera when we did it uh, in the second round. So hopefully that will work out for you. I want to check that out at NBA Draft Junkies. Please, if you can, Raphael does some great work there. And if you can, there is great podcast, which is now available on Apple, you know Spotify, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. And, of course, NBADraftJunkies.com. But before we head on out, my friend, news dropped today of Oklahoma State, the Cowboys, at least for the basketball team, are banned from the NCAA tournament for one year for some no-nos involving some illegal things that you and I both know goes on quite a bit at the NCAA level in pretty much any sport. But I want to hear your thoughts on Kate Cunningham, because Kate Cunningham, depending on who you talk to, again, as you talked about with ESPN and the Nike thing and all that, Depending on who you talk to, it's either the number one or number two player coming out of high school. So your thoughts: Is he going to stay with Oklahoma State, or what do you think he might do as far as an option going forward?
1: That's a tough question. I have Cade as my number one, and you know, I live in the Dallas area. I know he's here working out, and I haven't, I haven't had a chance to go watch him work out and and film. But it's been in the works. I just haven't, I haven't been able to. Um, just to make it happen yet. But I was in a a gym a couple of days ago and there were a few guys that were pros and high level college players working out and I just overheard a conversation and someone said, oh, I don't think he goes now. And I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, okay, well, maybe this is just someone that maybe they have some insider information or maybe they just think that they have some, you know, they've heard it from somewhere. But then when the information came out today, of what happened, it made me think like, Okay, well maybe this is, you know, that, that comment was legitimate because now, you know, if you go on Twitter and social media, that's one of the main topics. Is is he going to go? Is he gonna stay? And I read that the G League had made him a significant offer, the same one that they made Jalen Green and he turned it down, which I totally believe is true because You know, In my opinion, I think he's the higher, he's the better prospect of the two, and I couldn't imagine the G League offering one and not the other, which means he turned down a significant amount of money to go to Oklahoma State, which is going to lead to the speculation that he must have received a lot of money. I've seen those comments, and I'm not saying... I know his
0: brother was hired last year as an assistant coach. Yep,
1: his brother was hired as an assistant coach. So there's a lot of rumors about that anyway, and there's always going to be rumors about... A highly rated kid that chose to go to a school that wasn't Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, or whatever. But I'm interested in seeing what, what he does because half a million dollars is a lot of money to turn down. And I'm sure the G League is excited about this news <laughs> because, in my opinion, it just seems like this whole G League PATH program, the goal is to absolutely decimate the NCAA, as far as you know, the top talents and the highly regarded recruits coming in. So I think that's good news for the G League. I mean, it possibly opens up the door for them. But the main question I have out of this is: is um, how does Oklahoma State get penalized? Which is probably one of the schools you heard about the least in this whole FBI situation. How are they penalized? But I haven't heard the same thing for Arizona and then I mean it's U- just so USC. Funny. USC. I mean I There's watched like the 10 document, schools, I think. Yeah. Cool. Louisville. But I mean even when you watch the documentary, the Christian Dawkins documentary, I don't know if you had a chance to see that. I mean they had like wiretaps of coaches talking about giving money to players and, and you it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out who they're talking about in that particular year because you know the guys are recruiting, but yeah, there are coaches who, who, they have them on the phone talking about doing illegal stuff, and they haven't been penalized. And so my question is, why, why Oklahoma State first? That's one. That's probably the the school that you least heard discussed when you heard the whole FBI situation that's going on with the coaches. And so unless they have more down the line, I just never would have thought that once all this stuff came out that Oklahoma State would be penalized before Arizona. I mean, I was one of those people that thought Arizona was done.
0: Well, maybe they just took the quick slap on the wrist.
1: Maybe. I mean, that's a good point. I haven't thought of it that way. Uh, I know the coach, that, the head coach, when the infractions were going on, is no longer there. So I know Mike Boynton, the head coach now, was, was not part of that, that staff. Um, That was, I mean, Lamont Evans worked for him, but I guess when everything took place, um, Coach Boynton wasn't there. But I don't know. I just, I know it's good for the G League and the fact that the the two number one rated high school players in back-to-back years between Wiseman and Cade Cunningham could possibly combine for three games after committing to a school.
0: Amazing, my friend. And again, it's going to be making it even harder for people such as yourself. And who knows, maybe even myself, if I do another mock draft then next year, to go ahead and gauge, you know, just how good these players are. It just, it just makes it harder to me, it seems, because you have less tape to watch.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't live in Vegas, and I'm not a betting man, but I think you'll be doing another mock draft next year. And I believe that you'll have another mock draft or two between now and the actual draft. I think you've caught the bug. So <laughs> I, I, I definitely look to see a tab on your website for mock drafts coming soon.
0: Oh yeah. you will I have a feeling this year you will. You'll get a 2.0 and you'll get maybe even more. It all depends on what's going on because its it's a lot in flux right now, a lot in play. A lot of things are not set in stone, especially when it comes to mock drafts, because this draft is just so different from uh, almost any other that's been, that's that's gone on.
1: Yeah. I mean, just between the players with lack of, uh, you know, guarantee number one pick. And then the fact that you're judging the players that you didn't get a chance to see play on the college level. I mean, there's two guys that didn't even play college basketball DeMello may have played 11 or 12 games off the top of my head. Wiseman played three. Cole Anthony was in a situation where he missed a month of the season, but he didn't have a good team. And then the fact that there wasn't an NCAA tournament, there wasn't a situation where guys could help or hurt their stock in a conference tournament, NCAA tournament, makes this draft probably the most unique ever, especially the fact that they're going to get drafted in October.
0: Exactly. And that's uh, going to be more information to come, if that's the case, more conversation between you and I on that. And at least now we have a little bit clearer picture going forward for the rest of the NBA season, the lottery, and the NBA draft.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad for that. But I do have to – like I wonder, like, for example, if LaMelo and Wiseman go number one and number two in the draft, it will almost be a calendar year between competitive basketball that they play one whole year. That's going to be very interesting to see how, how much this long layoff impacts those players. I mean, I mean, it will actually, if the if it starts in December, that means every player for the most part is going to go at least what, when everything ended mid-March. So they're going to go from mid-March to December 1st without playing competitive basketball.
0: It's going to be a, something very interesting to see how that develops for their development going forward. So, But I wouldn't worry about Knicks fans. I don't think Knicks fans are happy with anyone's mock draft at this point in time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as they get mellow. Mellow is the consensus number one choice of all Knicks fans that I've seen. Well, I shouldn't say all because all is never – there's never all, but I, I think Nick fans are rooting for Lamello Ball. He's this year's Zion. I mean, I'm sure there's people that have Lamello Ball Knicks jerseys already printed out and ready to go.
0: I hear you on that one. I'm, I'm sure they're out already on the streets of New York. And, yeah, don't get us started with Kate Cunningham and Zion and all that, because then it gets into Zion, and he might have some troubles coming up about his past at Duke coming up real soon that he might have to talk about because that even gets even more stickier when it comes to what's going on there. So yeah, that's something together entirely.
1: I have zero faith that that situation will lead to anything but more than a slap on the wrist. It's Duke. It's,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's Duke. It's Duke. But then again, I said the same thing about Reggie Bush and USC, and yeah. But it was after,
1: you know. <laughs> It was, it was after. But, yeah, I guess. But even then with with, um, with Reggie Bush, everyone still remembers him as the best player in college football that year.
0: Exactly. He was the Heisman Trophy winner, and they won the national championship. And, yeah. Uh, that's, actually, no, that was the year that they lost to Texas, I think. To Texas. Yeah. yeah that, that even like Memphis.
1: Good. With that Memphis team with Derrick Rose and Chris Douglas Roberts, people yeah. still see them as a Final Four team. I mean, the Fab Five. Well, luckily, they didn't win the championship that year. So, worst case scenario, whatever wins are vacated.
0: You got to love the NCAA. You just got to love them.
1: They're in trouble, in my opinion.
0: I I agree with you on that one. Well, my friend, it's just been great talking to you once again. I cannot thank you enough. Hopefully, you'll get a chance to stop by next week and talk more basketball with me. Uh, Looking forward to it as we hear more and more updates on the NBA. More and more updates on our mock draft, especially if it's from Knicks fans. <laughs> so I great to have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'll probably love them too when they see mine. But I'll tell you what, it's just so great to have you here once again, a part of the Lakers fest.